Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Michael Motivates Podcast. And in this episode, continuing on my ball boy talk series, my special guest is a certified athletic trainer and former NBA trainer for the New Jersey Nets and Orlando Magic, Ted Arzonico. I'm delighted to speak with Ted about my experiences with him as a New Jersey Nets ball boy, reflecting on moments that can change a person's life and what it's like to be an athletic trainer in the NBA. So please welcome my special guest, Ted Arzonico. Ted! How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, thanks. It's great to catch up with you. It's been uh, 30 years. It's been a long time. Yeah, very long time. I, I, I searched the internet and I was like, I got to find Ted. Um, you, you tracked me down. Yeah, I tracked you. A very hard person to find, might I add, but <laughs> that can be a good thing sometimes, especially with this internet. It's better, it's better for somebody to search for you than for you to just pop up. <laughs> yeah. But the reason why I wanted to reach out to you or I, I reached out to you because I, I, as you may know, we spoke, I, I recently wrote a book, I self-published it, A Bull Boy's Journey, a memoir, which is now on Amazon. And um, it took me about two and a half years to write the book. And while I was writing the book, I discovered a lot about myself and um, the opportunities, the great opportunities I had working, you know, for the New Jersey Nets and at the Meadowlands Arena. And there was so many things there that, you know, I got a chance to witness as a, as a teenager and as a young man, um, it was just an unforgettable experience that, you know, I shared even to this day with my kids. Um, but the biggest thing I knew, you know, was, was school. You guys always emphasize school, mm-hmm. getting good grades. And you really were big on me with, um, you know, like, what were my plans after school, going to college? Mm-hmm. Planning the future. Yeah, you were big on that. And I didn't understand that at the time because you always told me, you said, Michael, you know, don't don't get caught up, you know, working here in the NBA and working with the players like, you know, what's your future down the road? And I didn't I didn't think about that. I didn't really think about that. I was, you know, just kind of living in the moment and -hmm. enjoying it. And I just I always believe like it was never going to end. I didn't see an end. and to be able to work for the New Jersey Nets, you know, my first year as a ball boy with the team, what was I like? Well, <laughs> what kind of character was I like? <laughs> well, you were a character. You were young. You were, what, 16 when you started? Yeah, like Maybe 15, younger 16. Than that. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, the thing that um, is stressed not only with you, but all the, the ball boys that we had was that it's a, it was a privilege to have that position. Yeah. And that, um, you know, you had to keep up certain standards and that's why, you know, I made sure that you guys had good grades in school, stayed out of trouble and, uh, you know, had a plan um, because, you know, you get caught up with uh, hanging out with NBA players and you see, you know, all the bling and the blah that the guys got and they have, and you're like, oh, that's what I want, you know? It doesn't last forever. Um, And I think that that's, that was, you know, the one thing with Dolly, you you was keeping you in line with getting, having a vision of the future 
and not just living in in the moment, you know. Yeah, that that that's so true. And I didn't I didn't understand that mm-hmm. at the time, and and partly because I think, um, like you said, I was just seeing so many different things at a young age, and I I just all I thought about was just the sports and being around basketball players, and I was like. I'll figure college out later. I, I always just thought that this could teach me something more than college could. Mm-hmm. But little did I know, you know, even athletes were telling me, like, you know, go to college, you know, um, you know, get your education. Get your and education. Um, yeah, it, it was it was prioritized there with you, with Joe, mm-hmm. you know, with some of the athletes and um it, it really, it really was a turning point after after I left. Well, no, not after I left, but after the the lockout. That was the mm-hmm. turning point. And when, as a trainer, you you see a lot of athletes. You you dealt with a lot of injuries, a lot of moods, a lot of characters, a lot of emotions. As a trainer, did you ever experience any players coping with you know? nervousness anxiety uh you know mental health um not that i can you know pinpoint was exactly like a mental health issue um you know when a player got injured they went through the you know kind of a down um depressed not a depression but they were kind of down because now they're hurt they gotta uh they they can't play they've got to be out for a period of time um but it's you, the job is the athletic trainer to keep them motivated to work at the rehabilitation to get better to get back on the court faster hmm. i feel like trainers don't get enough respect like they should like people don't talk about them as much as they should because you're one of the main components of of an athlete rehabbing and mm-hmm. you know making sure his his injury is is progressing but the satisfaction of like the job was to when when a player got back and he walked on that court the first time after being out with an injury Mm. god that made you feel so good you know because it was like everything i did made him get back on the court quicker um you know so it's i mean if you're in for for the notoriety and the hoopla and the recognition you're not in the right line of work Mm. What what's the what do you think is is I should say working for the for a basketball team is exciting and you know surrounded by athletes and superstars. Um, what was it like being an athletic trainer? What was it like being a trainer for the for the Nets? Because that was your first team, correct? Mm-hmm. That was your first pro team. What was it like? It was exciting. I mean, I was a hometown boy working for the hometown team, so it was pretty exciting. Um, you know, it was a constant learning process. Um, every day is different. And, um, you know, while I was with the Nets, I also did the travel and some of the equipment. So, um, I was wearing a couple different hats at the, at the same time. Um, but you know, the, the years I was in New Jersey were, uh, I'll never forget them. Um, good times, the bad times, uh, you know, we went, we had we, kind of a roller coaster 
experience with wins and losses and um, we had Drazen pass away. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was like there was never a dull moment in New Jersey. Yeah, that's, that's what I felt like. I felt like going to a game, every game, there was a surprise and unexpected moments. I mean, from Carl, you know, the, the athletic uh, Olympian, Carl, uh, what was his name? Carl. Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis. Yeah. Sing <laughs> Singing the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> that we yeah, that everybody kind of <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, that was uh that yeah. was one of those surprising. And then moments. we had the night Shaq broke the uh backboard in front of our bench. Yep, and I was Remember sitting that? under the basket, yeah. And you were under the basket and we were picking plexiglass out of your hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wild moment. That oh, was yeah. that, that was a wild moment. You know, and then everything from uh the roof in the Meadowlands leaking. Oh yeah. Remember yeah. that one? Yep. Stop games because the, the drips were coming down from the ceiling. <laughs> oh yeah. We had to bomb it up after after every mm-hmm. two minutes. <laughs> yep, there were some good times. There, there was definitely a lot of a lot of good times that, that yep. I appreciate. And it opened up a lot of doors for me too to work mm-hmm. to work inside the Meadowlands, you know, college and the hockey teams. Yeah. Um I think losing Dryzen was like a heartfelt moment. That was tough. Yeah. That was tough because just you know being able to stand on there with the on him with the court and and rebound for him like before everybody arrived to the to the mm-hmm. arena was just that was an amazing experience. Yeah. What what is it like, um, you know, taping up these athletes' their ankles and like the pregame taping? What is, what is it like? Cause you have to like do each player. Does he get like a certain amount of tape, or you know, is it? Yeah, it depends on you know if they have a pre-existing injury or if it's a chronic ankle problem they have. Um, depends on how much tape you're going to put on there. Um, some you know there are some players that just like a, a light tape job, and there's others that had a chronic problem and we had to tape them real heavy. Um, you know, it varies from player to player. Some players didn't want to be taped at all. I was going to ask you that. Is there any player that was like a headache to, to tape his ankle? or? Eh, well, it wasn't a headache. But there were some that wanted it just low enough so it was below their sock line. And <laughs> there was a couple others um, that wanted it high enough because they wrote messages on their top of the tape job. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so it's... Each one was different. Huh, I never knew that. Yeah. You know, I, I when I was in high school, I didn't I didn't think about becoming anything other than working as a ball boy. And then there was uh, there was a college. That's after why that. I had you guys do your homework every night. Yeah, you did, and we had and we had to show our uh, our report cards, mm-hmm. and anything lower than a D. Yeah. We're not able to return. That's right. And that's that's what kept me, you know, in the BC average mm-hmm. um, with, with my grades. There were quite a few that uh, didn't, didn't return. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys, you guys are big on that. That was a priority. Mm-hmm. And and it was um it was required. You have to pass all your classes and you have to do well in school. 
Um, it was exciting to see like the other guys, like Mark, he went on to become a police officer. And I think uh, uh, the Ross twins, I think they went on to do something in like communications. Stationed in the city, yeah. Yeah, I just, I kind of wish I would have uh, taken your advice a little bit more with, with, with college and, you know, just doing something in the sports realm, maybe become an agent or a manager. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to um, find my path after a long, long journey. It took a while. It takes a while. It, it takes yeah. a while. And some I, people get it right away and some take a little bit longer, you know? Oh, it, by the way, my mother, I told my mother we were doing this tonight. And uh, hello to you. Please give your mother a I hug. Love and Michael Carter. Your family loved me. They I, love, love they I, I loved your family, your mom, your sister. Mm-hmm. They're, Please, they're all still up in New Jersey. Are they really? Yeah. Please tell them I, 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 I said hello. Please I tell will. them. They were, they were so loving and caring of me. Yep. You guys almost adopted me, I feel like. Yeah. I wasn't going to put up with that, though. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this. Um. Why why is it so essential for why was it so essential for you to emphasize to me about school and going to college? Well, remember I used to say there's always there's life after being a ball boy. Yeah. But you had to be prepared for it, you know. Um, and again, it was you guys were kind of in awe of all what was going around, you know, the Rolexes, the fur coats, the fancy suits, and you were like, wow. You know, all boys don't make that much. Um, and that's why I, I stress to you guys that, you know, grades and get a plan, get a plan of what you're going to do in life. You know, um, like you mentioned, Mark, uh, Mark, his last two or three years, he knew he was going to become a police officer um, and he, he was all set. But prior to that, Mark was coming to the Meadowlands and doing his homework, sitting in the training room with uh, John and you and um, some of the other guys. Yeah, that's you know? that's true. I remember that. And and he's still yeah. a he's still a. Uh, you know, and, it, and it all goes back to being a ball boy was a privilege, um, and being a privilege, you guys had to earn to be there. You know, it just. You know, my name's Michael Carter. I'm a. I want to be a ball boy. Sign me up. Because um, Joe and I used to get tons of letters from people that wanted to be ball boys, and um, you know, how do I do it? What do I? How do I get in there? And as you know, we only had so many every season. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they we had the honorary ball boy, um, which was some kid that was there for the night and yeah. uh you know you got to keep him from getting hurt and getting out in the way but, uh, you know yeah yeah no I, yeah i remember you you know you used to always tell me it's the job is a privilege mm-hmm. i mean how does you know even today like when i tell people i used to do that for a living you know when they read the book they always say like how'd you get that job like how does Instead of becoming a boy, how does somebody become an athletic trainer? I feel like that's a, a very, um, it's a, that's a great experience, a great job just to be able to help someone's physical ability. Mm-hmm. 
Um, usually you gotta have to get a four-year degree in, um, you know, some colleges have uh, bachelor's in science um, in athletic training or sports medicine. Um, myself, I went, uh, got my bachelor's in um, PE with a concentration in athletic training. And then when I went to grad school, I got my master's degree in sports medicine. So oh. I kind of like followed the, the path, you know. Do you think mental health is associated with physical physical training, athletic training? I'm sure that, you know, people working out, it's a, it's a release. So that helps mentally, um, you know, um, and then that's looking back at my, on my college work, I think we might've had one class in psychology and it was, wasn't that, you know, extensive. Um, but like you said, in today's day and age with, uh, professional teams, good guy, they have more support staff now on the sidelines. You have an athletic trainer, a physical therapist, an exercise physiologist, uh, you know, computer expert on telling the coach, you know, Michael's played 20 minutes today. He better like sit down and next game and only play 15 because he might get hurt. Um, so it's, it's, science has come a long way with, uh, at, with that professional athletes, not even college athletes. You know, do do you think that um, teams should have like a, a psychologist part of their part of their staff? Well, more and more teams are. You know, um, I know when I was in Orlando, we had somebody that was not on the staff but was available um, to talk to people, um, and even in New Jersey. Um, I guess it was a coach at the time, but we had a sports psychiatrist come in from, I'm going to say Duke or one of those schools, talk to the team. So hmm. it was just get, getting going at that point, you know? Wow. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, my biggest, I don't want to say regret, but my biggest mistake I made working for the Nets was after lockout. I I called you, I called the office, but you said I never left you my phone number. That's something I always thought about. Even when mm -hmm. I wrote the book, I was like, ah, oh, I can't believe I didn't leave my phone number because I was just so anxious just to go back. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't go back. You didn't have me come back. I got no return call. And, I, and that's when life started to, change and i started to learn about the real world it's all part of growing up right yeah it, it definitely it it made me look at life differently because that's i didn't i didn't realize you know like like the nets <laughs> that was that was just entertainment that was just temporary mm -hmm. but the real world is what you have to deal with every day and yeah. i remember getting a job I was working at the post office and I returned back. I went back to college to try and, you know, get my college degree. Mm -hmm. And I was watching the games and I was like, this just feels weird. Looking, watching a basketball game from TV, knowing that I used to do that. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's when things like, Down yeah, I started to fall a little bit, you know, into depression. But it wasn't until, um, it wasn't until like, once I started working with the Knicks that it really got bad to where. Well, you went to the Knicks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it says it all right there. Yeah, it was. It was it was an experience and a half always being watched and, you know, Michael Saunders, you know, and, and his antics. And I just felt lonely. Like Most after the Knicks were like 27 and between 27 and 30 years old. Yeah, they were grown. Yeah. <laughs> they had families. <laughs> That's what I didn't want you guys to become. Now, now I understand. You know? Now, now I understand. You can't feed a family on a bull boy salary. No, you, no, you can't. Because we were getting paid like fifty dollars per game, mm-hmm. but I would try to make money on tips. Tips, I was making a killing. Mm-hmm. But again, not having an educational experience, I didn't have that financial wellness. I didn't have the financial education to know about saving your money and putting it here. I was trying to live a life of like an athlete and just spang it on clothes. That's what we tried to instill and educate you guys that when, you know, in New Jersey that, you know, being a ball boy for life is not a, it's not a way to succeed in life. You know, getting you ready for the future. You're right. You're you're hundred percent right, Ted. I I, I agree, and I I stress that to my kids now. Mm-hmm. You know, just about getting a college degree, yeah, um, and even my son and getting an idea of what you want to do in life. You know, it's it's you got to have a a vision to you know that plan of what do I want to do once I graduate high school? Do I want to go into college? Do I want to learn a trade and a skill, do I, you know? Because um, once you graduate, the bills come in and you got to have a way to pay for them. Pay them. Is there anything a player taught you, like, during your years as an athletic trainer? Like, something you learned that became valuable to, to your life or to your career? Um. Yeah, it's little things. It's like, you know, we talked about Drazen. Yeah. Um, you know, Drazen made it a point that every time he walked into the locker room, he would come in and say, good morning. When he left, he would say goodbye. Um, when he did anything in the training room, he always thanked me. Um, and, you know, thinking how Drazen treated me, kind of made me think about how I want to treat people. Um, you know, not only when I was in the NBA, but even in today's setting where I work in a, um, a outpatient uh, physical therapy clinic. Um, you know, treating people the right way is, is uh, something that's important to me, you know? I mean, you, you always treated me right. You always treated others around you the mm-hmm. right way. Does that do you see that that has an effect on people of how it can make a person feel? Oh, yeah. You know, by the way you treat them. Yeah, absolutely. 
if you treat somebody badly, they're going to, you know, they're going to have an attitude and um, probably a negative approach in life, you know? Even, even in sports, I mean, you had a Drazen Petrovic, professional mm-hmm. athlete, you know, treating you just kind and, and pleasant. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. that says a lot. That says a lot for a person's character. For his person and his character, yeah. And as you know, there are some players that were the exact opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> you can't change the spots on a dog, you know. <laughs> what if there's a person out there that's listening that has a degree in physical training, athletic training, and is just either nervous to follow that path or just need some word of advice, what would you say to them? Um, well, don't be nervous. Take every opportunity you they, they have to apply for internships with different pro teams. I mean, like the NFL, they're always looking for help for uh, during training camp and their, uh, their preseason camps. Um, you know, even the NBA, they're, they're, they're always looking for help um, to do inter- internships. Um, you know, I, there was a uh, uh, athletic trainer that works with the company I, I, I'm with now who went and did a uh, an internship with, uh, I think it was the Cleveland Browns. You know, it was only, he was there for eight weeks, I think, but still, you know, if you can swing it, that's priceless, you know, what priceless experience of what you you can learn and gain uh, and meeting people, um, you know, and uh, not every, not everybody's going to make it into the pros. Um, you know, there's just as good jobs in the college setting and high schools. Um you know, you get in the right high school setting, you're you're good, good as gold. Hmm. Um, you know, and then college as well. That's great advice. That's great advice. Well, thank you, Ted, for coming on to my podcast. I really appreciate talking to you. And um, where's where's my book? I'm sending. I have to. I'm ordering new books. I'm ordering more books. All right, because after I'm done reading it, Mom wants to read it. All right, so. What I'm going to do is I'm actually ordering some more books this week um, okay. from the publishing company. It takes them. It takes me longer to receive books than a, a customer. So I just I don't understand that. But What's wrong with that picture, Michael? Huh? Yeah, that's wrong with that picture. That pi- <laughs> you wrote the book. <laughs> I know, but still, I still get it. <laughs> they should still expedite it to the author. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to get you a book. I promise you that. All right. I appreciate you, Ted. And I definitely will will be keeping in touch, Ted. Thank you. Great talking to you. All right, buddy. All right. All right, be good. Thank you. God bless.